Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Greg Young and uh, today, Adam, we are doing one. I guess after a game, kind of. I mean, technically everything is after a game, right? So I think we're fine, wouldn't you say? I mean, time's just a construct, Greg. So yeah, technically we are recording this after a game that the Capitals did win. They did. But yeah, they but did. I, I get what you're saying. You know, it was a it was a great comeback for the Capitals. Not gonna lie, I was pretty sure that game was over the capitals had done absolutely nothing uh, in the series to make me think otherwise and then all of a sudden it was like uh they, they just looked like the team that um you know a lot of people thought they were about halfway through the season yeah i and it was it was very striking but i think before we talk about the what changed let's talk about what went bad let's dive right in because I'm going to title this as uh, a Game 3 and Game 4 recap, uh, but I think that realistically we can combine Game 3 and the per- first period of Game 4 and kind of have similar like outcomes here So and similar things to talk about. So I guess, I don't know, Adam, I'm going to pitch this to you and just talk away. What went wrong? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing was that the Capitals were unable to establish anything in terms of pace of play or the game. I mean, the Islanders were dictating everything uh, because the Capitals were unable to break out of their own zone. Uh, that, I think that was kind of the biggest problem is that the Capitals continually were getting disrupted by the Islanders and were unable to do the same. Um, I mean, anytime that the Capitals were able to muster a shot, it was a kind of like a very quick one and done. And those shots were usually from the outside. Um, you know, the, the Capitals, they didn't. They looked like they were trying to get speed in transition, but they weren't able to kind of maintain it. And uh, you know, ultimately, we saw what we had seen from the Capitals for the entirety of this bubble play, which was an inability to score two or more goals. And um, it, it, it showed. And it's. It, 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 I mean, I don't know how else to say it. it. It's some of the worst hockey I've ever had to watch. I mean, watching yeah. the Capitals. I mean, it doesn't help that the Islanders are incredibly boring. They are. Yeah. That is true. 
But I mean, the and Capitals it, were, were awful. Yeah, they were. And I, like, it's tricky because I, and I, I know I talked to JP about this a little bit too, and we had him on last time. It's that I do think that the Islanders are a team that can kind of expose a disorganized team. Like, because they're going to, it's like I said before, the Islanders have one trick, right? They are going to forecheck the hell out of you. They do not have a ton of talent, but they are pretty well organized and they're going to, they have a strategy and that's going to be what they do and they're going to execute it very well. But it just seemed like the Capitals, at least to, at least to me, either they didn't have a plan or they weren't committed enough to actually executing it. And I don't know, Adam, where do you kind of fall on that? Do you think this was a tactics problem? Do you think it was an execution? Was it all of the above? Do we really know? Kind of, kind of where are you at on this? Well, you know, if there's one thing we know about Todd Reardon, he's not super good at making adjustments in game. So that is definitely true tough because when the Capitals were able to make all these great, <laughs> uh, you know, when they look so much better in the second period, of game four it makes you go okay well if Reardon's not good at making adjustments and the Capitals played a lot better does that put more of the onus on the players in this instance and and I think it might but as JP has said motivation is a big part of a coach's job you know you have to kind of get your players up and ready to go and if if he was struggling with that uh, you know honestly I know there was an article that was going to be written. I don't know if it was written about whatever was said in the Capitals locker room at the first intermission. To be honest, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I imagine it was a player led thing about kind of being embarrassed. I mean, that, that's what they were. They were being embarrassed. By yeah. The they were, um, they were, sh- they were being shellacked. I mean, the Rangers put up a better fight against Carolina than the Capitals were putting up against the Islanders. I mean, just kind yeah. of that, you know, there was it, it was sad. I mean, that, that, yeah. I don't really know how else to say it. Uh, it, especially given like it was going to be, it looked like it was going to be Hopi's last game as a capital, all this other stuff. And it was, it was a bad note to go out on. Um, yeah. So I, I think it was good. I mean, they, they got motivated and they were able to turn it around. And I, I think the players did a great job. And we saw that, that what I was most impressed by was, I think we saw a, loose Kuznetsov for the first time in a long time. Um, we did. It looked like 2018 Kuznetsov to me. Just, just, And he's had spurts like that during the regular seasons, but he, he really did look like the old him. He played a crazy. sustained two strong periods, which like we really haven't seen. We've seen it in bits and pieces, but not the whole package. I mean, how often was he able to generate space? Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it was insane. I, I mean, I think on the play... Before the Capitals' goal, he he made another like dart to the front or something like that. I mean, he he, yep. he uh, before Ovechkin's goal, and he was just separating guys. And he's when he's able to do that, when you're able to create your own space, uh, you are such a dynamic threat offensively. And Kuznetsov is able to do that. Um, I mean, there really isn't anybody else on the Caps that can. I mean, maybe you'd say just with speed, Vrana or Haglin. Um, Haglund certainly doesn't have the hands really to do anything with it if he is able to create space. Uh, Vrana is, is is cold as ice. So Kuznetsov's got that game-breaking ability, and when he's, when he's on it, he can change the outcome of a hockey game. He can. He can. And I think he he did. And you, you look at that goal, that goal is crucial because— and it's crucial both, I think, because of the just the goal itself, right? I mean, they were down 2 nothing, and— they had been playing well up to that point in the period, 
but they, they, you need to get a goal there, right? Like in order to really make this happen or you start to get demoralized. So the goal itself was important, but I kind of agree with you. Just the way he scored it felt 2018-ish. It, he went wide, he skated, he made a defender look silly by just kind of giving what was taken to him. And then also got just a, just a tad bit of luck there too when the uh, defenseman poked it. Um, so yeah, uh, but but anyway, so Kuznetsov played well. Um, one player that I just going back a little bit to the what was bad, and I'm kind of wondering. I want to spin this forward a little bit. Um, one player that I have noticed that has been awful, uh, although he does lead the Capitals in points, uh, so he's doing that despite being almost unplayably bad defensively, and that's John Carlson. I. I'm baffled by what I've seen with Carlson. And I think actually one of the things that Reardon did to kind of help key it back was just play Orlov a lot more minutes against the Islanders best players. But I don't know, kind of, kind of what are you seeing from Carlson this series and kind of what, what, what do you think it needs to be the role with him? I mean, watching Carlson, especially the first three games, I mean, there was, I mean, whenever he was in the lineup, there was not a lot of good. You know, I wasn't nope. seeing a lot that was impressing me. I mean, he missed the whole, almost the entirety of the round robin, comes back in. He's still definitely nursing an injury. And it, it's, I mean, not that he was playing great defensively prior to the stoppage, but he looks even worse, right? Yeah. It, it's kind of been a, a constant linear downward trend for Carlson this year, I'd say, in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I that, that's what happens when you start super, super high, right? Like if you're still trending down, you could still end up, playing at a decent level. Um, but, I mean, I don't know how to sugarcoat this, Greg. I mean, he's been bad. I mean, that, it, it is what it is. I mean, you see, it's not 100% on him, the overtime goal in game three, but he he had to cover for his defense partner, and he, he got caught flat-footed. I mean, he got, yeah. he got, he got beat going around, and uh, granted, Barzell's pretty quick, but it's, you know, it's Carlson's job. I mean, he's a Norris trophy candidate who's got a really solid chance of winning this award and he got walked on the game winning goal yeah. and must win game um granted he's hurt uh but it, the caps have to uh, kind of keep him out of the uh spotlight in terms of defensive usage right now i, I agree with you yeah well so i mean with that kind of where do you see this defensive mix working like is it gonna have to be I because I, I, I think I'm with you. I just you, you can't play Carlson against Barzell anymore. Like Barzell is it's not just that goal. He's been getting walked just routinely defensively. And it's the point where when he's on the ice, the Islanders are targeting him defensively. So I don't know. Like, I mean, where, where do you kind of see this mix of defenders going, given the struggles of Carlson and kind of the idea that this might not be getting better in the immediate future? I mean, I think you got to put Orlov out as much as you can. Caps will have control of the lineups in game five um, in terms of last change. You put Orlov out with Barzell. I mean, John Carlson, I mean, who else are you going to put out there, though, like in terms of your second defensive assignments? Right? Yeah. I mean, the Caps— He's going to need to play, yeah. Yeah, for all of the defensemen Obviously. that the Capitals have been drafting in the first two rounds over the last few years, and uh, or I guess Samsonov is in there, too, as a goaltender, but— uh, you know, we haven't seen a lot out of some of these young guys. Siegenthaler's looked good in the regular season. I haven't thought he's looked great here in the playoffs. Yeah, I think um, he's been exactly okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, Fiarvi is, is fine, I guess. But and now he's hurt. 
So um, and obviously the the capsule of their first round pick is probably never going to make the NHL being uh, Luke Johansson. So altogether, Caps got nobody <laughs> coming up the pipeline. There's like nobody's secret. I mean, obviously you can't bring anybody up into the bubble now anyway, but. The Caps don't have a lot of – it's slim picking here, boys. Like, an injured John Carlson is <laughs> probably better than anything else you got. So, um, yeah. it, you got to keep playing him. He's getting points. If, if Carlson's doing stuff offensively, that's probably enough. Uh, I mean, the real problem with this team in this series has not been defense. I know that's, like, staggering to hear. Uh, but the Capitals have only scored more than two goals once, and that was the game they won. So, uh, let's not forget that the issue, while it does start in the defensive end because it was breakouts, it it's not really a defensive issue. I mean, like, like it's not like about them letting goals in. It, they're not doing anything to to make it so they can score on the other end. So, um, yeah. part of that. I, I, yeah, I will say yeah. this. Yeah. I will say this. Nick Jensen actually been pretty good. I think. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing, and, and I think I said something to that effect somewhere to somebody, and then, like, the next play, Jensen had, like, an awful turnover that almost resulted in a goal. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's the problem, uh, by the way, with being an Orlov defender, too, is, I mean, he's great, and I think we've talked ad nauseum on this podcast that Orlov's a great defender, but, oh, boy, he gets exposed sometimes, too. Yeah, he gets walked. I mean, he's on a lot of highlight reels for other teams, I'm sure. That is. I'm sure he is constantly on those... Uh, Whenever they show those kind of breakaway highlights and stuff in the in the pregame, I wouldn't be shocked if Orlov's on there for a lot of teams. But sure. it's okay because the big mistake, you know, there's one thing on this site over the last five, six years that we talked about at, at, at length. It was how we can't let the big mistake color our, our criticism of a player. And, and Orlov is a, a prime example of that um, as a guy that really brings a lot to the ice, even if he does get walked every now and again. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, All right, well, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Uh, no, I, I wanted to touch on that real fast with another player that we, we talked about being ice cold already. Because um, I saw on, on Twitter, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, Jacob Rana is a really good player. Like, he, he's really good. Like, people shouldn't get on him for not scoring on a breakaway. Like, he creates lots of chances. And, like, during the regular season, that'd be true. But that's not been the case here for Rana. <laughs> Like, he's been bad. Rana, he's been bad. Like I, I don't. He's bad. Like, he had the awful turnover in in another game, which was a big mistake. But if you have big mistakes and you're playing badly, it's not yeah. a, of the big mistake. That is just playing badly. Like, <laughs> I will say this: I think he looked better in game four. Like I, as did Rana. Look worse. Like he's been. <laughs> You're out for blood. I think, Adam, I think that what this is, is you just want to, you had the take of Andre Burakovsky over Vrana. And I mean, granted, that take sounds really smart right now, but I think you're kicking dirt on the grave a little bit here. Look, listen, uh, my tweets make it clear. I was ready for Vrana, okay? I had him high up there, highest capitals. You posted the meme. You posted the meme. All right. Vrana's got all the tools. He's just <laughs> like people kind of ragged on Burakovsky's playoff production before 2018. The guy, it was got, bad. you know, <laughs> he got three goals, three assists, six points plus five in six games or something like that. Jacob Brown has got zeros across the board and a minus seven. That's but, true. We got to see more out of Rana. Rana is a key part of the Capitals' offense. You know, you asked me before game three, what would the Capitals have to do differently in order to get back in the series? Or maybe it was after game one. 
And it was, you know, they got to have the leader score, and, and they got that. So they got that in game four. Ovechkin did his best in game, man, I'm blank. It was that game two or three he had two goals. Ah, uh, two. Two? Yeah. And now it's Bronda's turn, all right? Like, yep. he had a chance in game three. He didn't score. Capitals need him to produce if they're going to be able to sustain this moving forward. Yeah. So I guess the big 10, and I, I agree with you on this. And I think I'm going to echo what you said defensively too, which is the Caps don't really have a choice, but to play Vrana a lot. I think at this point, because they don't have a ton of forwards that can score, no. it, it, which sounds weird, but they really don't. And so you got to roll Vrana. I mean, he's one, he isn't, when he is going, he is a, he is a dynamic talent. I think that is pretty clear. So I mean, you got to roll with the horses you have. So we'll uh, we'll see if he can uh, improve and uh, maybe look, maybe help the Caps out in Game Five. So I guess the the big question, though, at this point, seems to be, can the Capitals keep this up? And I will answer this first because uh, you've done a lot of talking, so I'll I'll do a little. Because um, when people hear me, they're like, yeah, Greg doesn't talk enough. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> um, I think that. I the thing I, I will say is that three um, O series deficits are obviously very very difficult. A lot of three O deficits though happen because one team is just clearly a it is a obvious mismatch, right? And I mean the first three games here were an obvious mismatch, but I don't think people are going to say if the Capitals and Islanders were to play. 30 games against each other or whatever, that the Islanders would win 25 of those. I don't, I don't think we're in a position like that. So I don't think, and, and obviously the Capitals probably have a little bit more horses on the talent perspective than the Islanders do. So I don't think it's crazy to think that they can work back in the series, but it's going to take a combination of them playing basically the way they played for the second and third period and also just getting a tremendous amount of luck. So I don't know. Adam, do you think they can keep this up? Is is this or are we basically looking at a little bit of a dead cat bounce here? Uh I mean the Capitals are still they still have to win three more games in a row. We've seen how rare this is in the NHL, right? The last time a team did it was the twenty ten Flyers. And can the Capitals do it? Yes. Do I think that we will see them win this series? No. I mean, I, I don't. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> they played themselves into a position where the margin for error is too small. Um, you know, team, even if the Capitals play like they did in the second period for, you know, almost every period the rest of the way, there's still a good chance they would lose one of those games. And that's just how yeah. hockey is, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's... It's tough. Um, I mean, it's a best of seven, and 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 that that that's that's why it is that way. Uh, you know, the goal is to see a team that that plays better over the length of the series win, and um, the Capitals have to be. Uh, I mean, they have to be perfect. I mean, that 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 is ultimately yeah. what it is. They have zero margin for error. Zero margin for error. I mean, they they've got to continue to to do what they did well in those last two periods. Um, where for the first time they truly looked like the better team. Um, and then I guess the question that everyone really wants us to talk about, and I guess we will, uh, is if, if if this does not turn around, and which I don't think either one of us think this will, then 
is this it for Todd Reardon? Do we think that if, say, the Capitals make this a six or seven game series, could that matter? Or do we think that this is kind of it no matter what? Um, I think it's all going to come down to exit interviews. Um, there you go. If, if, the, yeah, if, if the players say that they have had enough of Todd Reardon, it is time to get rid of Todd Reardon. Uh, I get it about not wanting to let kind of the players run run the show, but the Capitals have, I mean, it, it's how it's got to be. I mean, you've got star players, um, and, and those guys are not the guys that are struggling right now. It, it, it's, it's the entirety of the team, and... Uh, you need a message that the players are, are receptive to and interested in. And uh, I mean, I, it, it's tough, Greg, I, but I just, I don't, I haven't seen anything from Todd over the last two years that it like makes me think, yeah, this is a dynamite coach that's ready. Like that, that's able to take a team that's at the, like is definitely at the back end of their window. Like, let, let's oh, like, yeah. I, I mean, we talked about the, the window, you know, all this stuff and the Caps actually won out. After the window was over, like Obi's at the end of his contract. I mean, he'll be back in Washington like 95%, but sure. he's not going to be the same guy. And the Capitals are still probably going to have to pay him a lot of money. So, no, yeah. It, it, the roster's probably not getting better from here, or not no. getting much better from here. Because, again, no. we talked about it before the, the pipeline of youth is not there for the Capitals. They have the, one of the worst pipelines in the entire league yeah which which is like that that happens that's pretty normal i would say you've been good for a long time yeah yeah you keep winning you know you haven't really had to trade you haven't really traded away any big pieces for high round draft picks the capitals still tend to hit a really high percentage on their picks i mean they They do at least in the first round their only real miss is is uh lucas johansson right i mean who else i mean you have to really look back to find the last time before that that they missed on a first round pick so um, uh, Greg, I, I think it's probably going to be time to move on, uh, regardless, but we'll, we'll see what the players say after this is over, um, or, or after parade, in which case he'll, he'll still be here. I would, I would imagine if the Capitals overcome a three, nothing lead and win the Stanley cup, they will indeed bring Todd Reardon back. That is, that is, I think a pretty fair take. Um, what, if what not, then... if they win the series, but yes. lose in the second round, what do you think Todd's chances are? I mean, that's a good question. Um, I, you're asking what me myself would do or what the Caps would do? Both. All right. Me myself, I say no, still go. Like I say that we've had a lot of evidence, and I look at like the regular seasons where yeah, the Caps looked okay, but. They didn't really play inspired hockey, and he wasn't really doing that many things that excited me just from a systems perspective or anything like that. I I say no. I would not keep him. I think the Caps probably would. I mean, you got to keep in mind that he's, he's Brian McClellan's guy, right? And... Brian McCullen's job is is safe. I don't think anyone's going to doubt that. They won a cup two years ago. They've been in first place for like more often than they've not for the last 10 years, which is really hard to do. And pretty much since McClellan's tenure, they've been great. So I'm not worried about his job. The one thing you will say, though, is this was his coach, right? This is his guy. And so if he fires him, then that doesn't look great for him, even if his job is safe. So you would think the bias there would be to keep him, even if they shouldn't. I would say I think that that would tilt if they were to come back because that would be so fluky and unprecedented. 
I would not do that myself, though. What about you? I'm, I'm curious. Where, where do you fall on that question? Um, I don't think that – I think he still ultimately should be let go of. Um, but if it looks like the Capitals have done this dynamically different system in these next few games and it works out and they win – I probably have to reevaluate. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that's fair. We we talk at length, and JP has talked at length about how coaching is amplified in the playoffs, and um, you know it takes luck, and it and it, but it also takes a strong coach to make adjustments to come back from a three-one deficit, or you know if a team's able to come back from a three-zero deficit, you know you yeah. have to do a great job coaching, and and it, it would be pretty impressive if uh, Todd's able to lead the team to that. So. Yeah, and since they're already going to get a new defensive coach anyway, I think uh, I think McClellan would find an easy cop out for him to to not make a to not make a head coaching change, get the new defensive guy in there, and then if things don't go well, uh, get rid of Todd midway through next season. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. The one caveat I would say is that the Caps, I mean, have a have a decent revenue, and you have uh, two what I would consider great head coaching candidates in Peter Laviolette and Gerard Gallant, both available. So. I mean, and Bruce Boudreau, that is right. Uh, wait, actually, okay, do you, real quick before we go, do you want to make the case that the Capitals should hire Bruce Boudreau? Uh, I will make a case that it would be a fantastic story if the Capitals it would be. Uh, got Bruce Boudreau. How I great would that be if Bruce Boudreau won a cup with the Caps? I think that would be the ultimate feel-good story for me as a cap. Like, I was trying to think of what, what things would – Nothing will be better than winning the Cup in 2018, but how much would it mean to me to see a guy that is maybe maybe second to Ovechkin, period, in terms of guys that kind of yeah. really amped up my interest in hockey. And, that is true. Yeah, me too. Uh, it would mean a lot to me to see him be successful, and, and especially in Washington. I mean, I've always rooted for Boudreaux. I've always rooted for his teams. He's a... Uh, I mean, I, I just I think he's a great coach, especially in the regular he season. And, he, and he's God, he's fun to listen to to listen to talk. <laughs> <about>. <laughs> he's uh, like, and, 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 and to his credit, and I'll give Barry Trostless too, just like actually a genuinely kind of good guy. Yeah. Not like one of these like coaching weirdos, which Todd Mc, or which Todd Reardon, by the way, totally is a coaching weirdo. But like, but uh, but Boudreaux is not. Boudreaux is hilarious and. I think if I were a head coach, I would probably act realistically just most like Bruce Boudreaux. I think most of us would. Yeah, we'd want to, right? I mean, just go get a yeah. haagen and, and go on with our day. <laughs> and I got unlimited money. I'm eating all the haagen I can eat. There you go. I mean, he, he's just... <laughs> he's the best. I love Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, we, we went to a... He was at some Super Bowl party I went to once, and... Uh, he he was he was just really funny. Yeah. He's, a good, he's a good guy. So I am uh, I, I I am ha- hopeful that the Capitals, if they do make a change, will go with a guy that's experienced. I know people say, oh well, we should pick a guy who's won the cup before. Like, how many guys have have won a cup with a franchise that's not the same team that they had already won it with? Yeah, like, it's it, rare. I mean, it's super rare, right? Like, I don't even know the last time it like happened. Some, like some Scotty Bowman shit I or whatever. Think, yeah. I think it is Scotty Bowman was the last time yeah. it happened. So that, that it's it's something to consider when you're talking about, like, not taking a fresh guy. I agree. I mean, Barry Trotz came in. He had never won with the Capitals. He was a seasoned NHL coach. And mm-hmm. in case people forget, Barry Trotz had never been out of the second round when he joined the Washington Capitals. 
Okay. So yeah. let's let's not. And maybe came within a couple of games of that continuing, uh, not just playoffs, but also from just getting fired in November. Exactly. But my point is that when people knock on Boudreaux, they say, "Oh, you had so many cracks with the can." Da 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 da. Fine. You're right. So so did Trotz. Boudreaux had better teams. I get it. But just something to consider. Did Boudreaux have better teams though? I mean, like he he. I mean, he made some Capitals teams that I would argue had some pretty big flaws and made them a lot of fun to watch. And I mean, the, the, the trots caps, not the team that won ironically, but the two that didn't were just stacked and were like really, really great rosters. Yeah, that's true. And also, you know, Boudreaux has been out of the second round with Anaheim, but the, the, the feeling would be that his Anaheim teams were, were potentially underachieving in the playoffs. I think that they, yeah, quite profoundly in like game sevens at home or something like that. I, I, I mean, do you buy that? I, I don't, I don't know how much I actually buy that as mattering. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I, I'm down to find out again though, because I, I think if we're being honest, at least kind of where I'm at with this Caps team, I don't, I don't see them as like a card cup contending team like real absent i mean this current iteration with this core i mean i i don't really see it super clearly with this team but so why not take a trance on boudreau and if you lose in the second round well you probably are going to do that anyways right so uh i I don't know like i'm 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 kind of just rambling here but i i'm I'm down to give boudreau another shot if your primary goal is to get ovechkin to beat wayne gretzky's goal record Oh, Boudreaux is your coach. Exactly. I'm just saying. What's more yeah. likely, winning the cup or breaking the goal record? I think it's breaking the goal record. So you probably should put all your eggs in that basket, go with Boudreaux, reap the rewards. Ovechkin lives on in immortality forever. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> all right well this is this is actually this is going on for longer than i thought adam you uh you brought the takes today you know i'm just feeling pretty uh i'm not gonna lie i felt pretty uplifted by what the capitals did uh yeah i did too I, I i was i was surprised which is probably why we're doing this podcast by the way <laughs> well, yes if they had lost i i i don't well we would have done an episode don't worry we would have done an episode but yeah, it would have we, it would have been it would have been a little more dragging. Yeah, I mean it felt good. I mean, and we'll do one if they if they lose tomorrow or whatever. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. I promise. But, um, I might need some booze before that though. Yeah, it, it's 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 gonna be okay no matter what. <laughs> the, 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 the the world will be there. Whenever fans are allowed back in the Capital One Arena, the the banner from 2018 will still be there, and uh, yeah. And when we look at that, everything will be will be okay. So. Yeah. If you ever want uh, to feel good, there is a YouTube video that is all of the Capitals' goals from the 2017-18 run. Highly recommend that video. That video makes me feel great every time I watch it. It is the best 25 minutes you will ever spend. Yeah, I, I went back and was watching all the game highlights for a while, and, and it was pretty. It was pretty satisfying to be honest. So. Oh yeah, I, re- I mean, remember the uh, just that gorgeous goal that DSP and Alex Chason scored against Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, God, they had a lot of pretty goals. I mean, they oh, did. You know what, Greg? This is what I want to ask you before we fully wrap this thing up. All is right, go for anybody it. in the Capitals 
Is there anybody in the current bottom six that was not on the 2018 team that you would take over the players that were in the bottom six on that 2018 team? Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I could, I could say that. Yes, I would. Uh, I would. You're gonna give me crap on this, and it's fine. I actually think Carl Hagelin is pretty useful. Even now, I think he's a great penalty killer. I would probably take him over. Who was the fourth line on that team? It was like <laughs> DSP, Beagle, and who else? God, uh, they rotated some. Let me think. They did. I think Chason played a little bit. Some played him some. Uh, Nathan Walker got in the lineup for. Oh, no, he did. I actually like Nathan Walker. Pittsburgh. I didn't love him to get shot. Uh, yeah. God, oh my God, who am I blanking on? Yeah, I would. Okay, I would. I would put take Carl Haglund over Alex Chase on. I, I would. Alex Chase didn't he score like twenty goals? Recently? Yeah. Well, okay, but I mean, he plays like on the power play with Connor McDavid in in Edmonton. Well, you or I could put twenty goals if we play oh, it, and I can't I even really skate. I don't know. It still counts. Hey, yeah, but he plays with Connor McDavid. Like, come on, Connor. Yeah. All right, but hey. I would, I would, I would take, I would take Haglin over Alex Chason. I think that's a pretty safe pick. Um, I would also. Oh, Chandler Stevenson. Oh, he, yeah. Well, he did have a couple of big goals in the, uh, in the, in you know the, in some of these games. The, the shorty against Columbus was kind of a big one too. Uh, How how did we forget about him? Oh yeah. Well, he's actually been good in Vegas too, by the way. Yes. They played. He's good. And Zach Sanford has been good in uh, St. Louis. He has been. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's kind of the thing with, like, when you go on these runs, right, is eventually these players get priced out, and it's a hard cap league, and so there you go. Um, I, I I think I would take Carl Hagelin over a couple of those players. Like, <laughs> Carl Hagelin can kill penalties. He's a good possession player. He's good defensively. Well, all right. I, I think I would take him. What if you have to weigh their contracts? How much does Hagelin make? Uh, maybe know. this is this is dragging on too long. We can we can play this game. All right, well. okay. All right, there you go. I, <laughs> I will defend my Carl Haglin pick. But uh, all right, wow, we're at 33 minutes already. Go us. Um, okay, all right. Well, uh, Adam, do you have anything other to conclude uh, before we wrap this surprisingly long podcast episode up? No, no. Uh, I just you know I I want to thank all of our, all of our listeners for continuing to listen, uh, reaching out to myself or Greg on Twitter. Um, yeah, we we we, we do this stuff because it's because it's fun most of the yeah. time. But uh, it's always <laughs> to know that that people are actually consuming the content we're putting together. So, um, yeah. Adam, it, Adam, it's it's a joy anytime I get to hear your dulcet tones. You know, I I try, Greg. You know, we're we're, we're both pretty busy <laughs> these days. You know, we, we are quarantines. We got just so much going on. So. Anytime, Greg. We'll do. We'll do it. Uh, I guess we'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> yes, we will. And uh, are we gonna? Are we, we're gonna. I guess do rink wraps, right? Oh boy. Uh, I, I get. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot. By the way, those rink wraps, if we do them, are gonna be a lot of. Oh yeah, this is a player on the Caps. Adam, do you remember anything about this ga- This guy's season? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's. Uh... We'll see. Might 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 require a, a high level of uh, pre-reading on my part to really be able to, to remember. <laughs> a high level of abstractness and generalities, I think, too. 
you know, he, he probably could have worked a bit harder, you know. Done, done <laughs> could have gotten on the four check a little more. Yeah. Didn't get pucks in deep enough. You know, got out-muscled on the puck a little bit too many times. Wasn't winning those one-on-one battles. Yeah. But, we'll remember a random goal that they scored that somehow has stuck in our brain. Yeah. Because like, I, think, I think, like, like Travis Boyd had this one really gorgeous play that everyone seems to remember, and then we all realize, oh, yeah, he's not actually all that good. But... Yeah, although that's a more controversial take than people think, but I actually don't think he's very good. And they should probably try to play Connor McMichael. All right, all right, I've, I've had enough of this podcast. Adam, uh, where can people find your stuff? Uh, just follow me on Twitter if you guys want to uh, reach out to me or anything, at Stringham A. Uh, occasionally, occasionally I'll write something for the site, but guys, it's been a long time, so uh, don't don't uh, hold your breath on that hold one. Hold your breath, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes... It, it takes something that I'm very passionate about to, to write about. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, we got you on the pod, so that's at least fun. Yeah, that's a, to be honest, all of our listeners, it's 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 easier and it's a bit more fun to talk about it than it is to write about it. Uh, I'm sure many of our listeners in their own lives, professionally or recreationally, they think about something, they say it or write about it, and then they second-guess what they did at length, and that, that's my writing process. So it's, yeah. Uh, pretty taxing so when i say it not as much time to worry about it uh what's out is out there you go i i I agree well i mean i agree obviously because i've kind of had the same thing happen when i started podcasting it's just kind of it's uh it's easier to say things uh and yeah so uh there you go all right well you can find me at greg y underscore jr uh i've been tweeting i would say pretty actively during the playoffs uh and you can hear me in my take well i guess see because Twitter is a uh, a visual medium, not an audio one. Uh, but you can see all my stuff there. You could uh, I do write for Japers, I think, a little more often than Adam, but I've also been pretty quiet. Uh, but I, I probably will do something by the end of the playoffs, uh, although no guarantees. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, and uh, if you like the podcast, uh, even if you and if you made it this whole episode, I'm I'm impressed and we thank you. Uh, please uh, rate, write, subscribe, and review. We take all the reviews. Uh, including one that uh, I enjoy and share with my friends, which uh, says that uh, the uh, the podcast is great, but the only bad addition has been Greg Young, which which I actually enjoy. I thought that was pretty funny. And, and we got a five-star review out of it, so I'm not going to complain. But anyways, um, all right. But uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we will be uh, back in a very short amount of time.